You're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And we're from the otakuspirit.com website. That's where you can go for all of our news, reviews, and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community at the top there. Click on the link, join, discuss with people about anime, because it's always good. Um, And you have been listening to Feed A by Old Codex, and that's a really awesome song, and I'm kind of sad that we didn't put that on our music of summer, but I think it's because... God Eater was like really late, late. So yeah, really. <laughs> I think by the time God Eater came out, we already did the recording, uh, which is going to be part of the whole discussion with God Eater because this is part of our uh, summer 2015 reviews. This is part two, so we have another slew of uh, shows to talk about. We have Shimonetta at Boring World, where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist. Actually, I am Roka, Brave of the Six Flowers, God Eater, Gangsta, Overlord. Snow White with the red hair, Million Doll, Waka Kazake, and Makara no Danchi. We're saving the best for last. Yeah, I think that we've got a pretty big lineup here today. We're 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 gonna do, go through all this stuff, and then we're gonna get to the very end. We're gonna do some pillow talk and <laughs> sl- make everybody go to sleep. While we they're probably gonna be so bored, they can probably go to sleep. But, but yeah, um, let's let's kick things off. Let's let's start. Thinking so? I, I guess before we start, I can say that uh, go to otakuspirit.com because right now we're doing all of our first impressions for uh, the first episodes for the current season of uh, fall 2015. So check those out. I spent a lot of time on them. Hope people enjoy them. Just recently did uh, Utuwara Mono, the new season. I'm liking it. You think so? It. I'm liking it. Unfortunately, somebody watched it without me, so I would He, he know. knows that happens during the first episode, because Andrew <laughs> has to watch them quickly and write them. I still have to do Fallen Night and Asterix, so I'm already falling behind doing this podcast. But let's talk about summer. Let's start with Shimonetta, a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist. You're, do- you're going you're gonna to bash the fire out of the show, aren't you? Well, heck yeah. <sighs> What a shame. You bash my, my dandelion, so I get to bash your Shimonetta. All I see is this cute picture of Otome. It's, it's driving me crazy. The, the one moment where Otome is actually cute. <laughs> um, this uh, takes place in Tokyo or Japan, so I don't think they specifically say Tokyo. Uh, this is 16 years after a law for public order and morals and health healthy child raising has been passed. And this is basically a law that uh, bans all coarse language 
it bans like pretty much anything inappropriate. So everybody gets these little wristbands and throat bands, and if they say something naughty, the 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 censorship police come in and bust them. Uh, if they detect people talking about something inappropriate, some kind of material like a book or something, if they're drawing or writing something inappropriate, it, this all is monitor. So uh, anything inappropriate is not allowed, and thus the world prospers, Chris. The world is prospering, Chris. I'm sure. But unfortunately, this person, this this blue snow decides that that ain't going to happen, along with other underground groups that try to stop this kind of stuff uh but the one that we're focusing on is 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 socks uh, specifically uh this tanuchi uh tanukichi guy is pretty much aiming to go to one of the most prestige schools it's prestige because it's the most they're like the best in morals like all their children are very very high ranking in the moral standard of being clean basically and he wants to go there because he wants to go where his childhood friend Anna went to and on the way there he ends up becoming part of a terrorist attack that basically happens and that's a terrorist act attack being done by Blue Snow which is this girl that's in nothing but like a a, a bed sheet nothing else and panties on her head and she's throwing inappropriate pictures all into the crowd and and he ends up getting swooped up. She ends up blackmailing him into joining her socks group, which basically does nothing but run around and do inappropriate things in order to pervert the minds of people and thus reestablish the world that is perversion. Right. Right. Solid setup. Yep. All right. And then that pretty much is it. <laughs> At some point, somebody's trying to pass some kind of... Uh, Anna's mom is trying to pass something because she's a political leader. She's trying to pass some chastity, uh, belt. chastity belt thing, and that's about that's about the only other really big thing that happens in the show. It's just really finding naughty stuff and supplying people with naughty stuff. That's most of the show. Yeah, well, they kind of went against other terrorist groups that were too naughty. Spoiler: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the what were they the 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 collectors or something like that. They want all underwear that's stinky and used. Yeah. I don't remember the names of them. Not really I don't that remember important. either. <laughs> so tell us, Chris, tell us about this wonderful show. Oh, see, I, I wanted you to go first. Then I could talk it up, you know? You're like, Oh, well, Andrew, you're so mean. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it had an interesting concept. It, it really kind of undermined itself in the, in the long run. And I think that in the long run, this this show, although it came off like it was trying to say something important, I don't think that it ever actually accomplished that. No. And I it it really is just a an excuse to have lots of sex jokes. And although some aspects were funny, I the overall it got ridiculously repetitive and. I think that that kind of killed its own itself on in the long run as well, because, you know, you can only be, find the same joke funny so many times. Um, I there I latched on to a couple characters and I was amused by a, a few of the jokes. But overall, it was an OK show. Wow. You just bashed it. I thought I was going to be the one that was going to bash it. Because that's why you Because you want to. Yeah, you wanted to talk <laughs> it up. Um, I'm pretty much on agreement with most of that. It's. 
yeah, there's people out there that are trying to claim this is trying to make some political statement about censorship. I don't think so. I think it was, I think that first episode definitely looked like it was trying to do something, but I think I made a joke somewhere about, I can, I can say if we were not allowed to drive cars, it would make us, make us all go crazy, but that doesn't mean that's, that, that's not core. That doesn't mean that there's a core correlation there. Um, so to say that the idea of people becoming so, uh, censored to the point that if they see anything that's not censored, they're going to suddenly go wacko like Anna is stretching it. I think they had a cool concept at the beginning of there, but I think it was just merely solidly a setup for here's, here's what we're doing. We're doing these sex jokes in this environment that's supposed to be clean. And that's really all I got out of it. There was no statement there. Outside of that, it was like he said, it was, it's a, the, the biggest issue the show had was that it had these same jokes and it was killing it and killing it and killing it. It was really the, I think the thing that annoyed me the most was with Ayame, the, the, the Sox leader. She was always, they would always have these, about half the episode, and I'm probably way blowing that out of proportion. Half the episode was really just her flipping open her phone and saying random crap that has, uh, you know, different genitalia mixed in the sentence and then loud censorship noises going off whenever she says them. And then doing signs with her hands. And then the other half of the episode is just them trying to do something. And then the next episode, the half the episode is her flip open her phone. This, this, this is, I mean, they're like, it's, it's like stuff that I would do back in middle school or junior high where you're with your friends and you say naughty things and you giggle about it. It's not very clever. It's not funny. It's just, well, it's just purely wiener jokes. And it, not really wiener jokes. It's really just kind of replacing words with, with wiener or something like that. Well, and, 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 and that goes, I mean, you, you can see that uh, correlated through each character because each character kind of has their own joke. And, and you see yeah. that joke repeated like through the Tome course is, of the entire show. Oh, I've seen something inappropriate. Now I need a pencil. I need to draw it. Yeah. And, and, and I was getting, Tome is a, is a perfect <laughs> example. Uh, uh, Goriki, the, the, the big, bouncer looking guy he, uh, at some point they make a joke about him being in a BL situation with Tanakuchi and suddenly from that point on he's a cross dresser um, that's his joke every single time he shows up exactly <laughs> and 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 Hioka the the uh, science lab lady she just show up and say can you explain to me how childbirth happens and it's like that's her that's her joke I mean that was all her thing and then at some point, she, along with uh, Guriki, it's this whole thing of I want these BL ma- uh, mangas. That's about it. Yeah, and 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 that as you, yeah, they, they'll be, they'll, the jokes will kind of clash in different ways, and and yeah, you'll get get kind of amusement out of that. My my particular favorite character would be Anna, and but I can see where. I, yeah, her, her joke. I need love juices. Yeah, her joke gets carried through the entire show. Now, I enjoyed her more on, on the Yandere, you know, strange obsession with Akuma. But the at first the love juice thing was funny, but then after a while, it was like, okay, that's that's her entire stick, and and that carried through the, the rest problem of the is, show. As I can see here, and I we like we just did, we can list each of these person's joke. There's we have eight characters here up on the main. That's the main the main group of people. Is these eight characters? Uh, one of them is kind of minor, uh, 
and they, we can name you their one to two jokes, and then that's what it is throughout the entire series is those repeated over and over and over again. And yeah, I, I'll give it credit. They're put in different situations, or or these two characters clash their jokes together, and it makes something slightly different. Uh, these two colors come together and make this other color. But it's still the same jokes, and that that was my problem with the show. I I loved the first episode. I was like, this this is genuine uh, or genius. I mean, they had this whole thing of going in the 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 hallway or the auditorium and and playing the the bug mating video. I was like, this this is great. This is genius. And then that was it. It was just now let let's establish the jokes and move on from there. There's the jokes repeat over and over again. So it's it's unfortunate that I, they had a good setup. And they just didn't really do anything with it. Is, is for me, anyways. Now, on 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 a on a lighter side, I mean, there is a um, an aspect to this that is very very um, enticing for people. I mean, if you if you have the ability to not think too hard about it, and and these jokes don't get old to you, you'll love this show. I I mean, there there is a lot of interesting things, and they do take some interesting twists on some some jokes. I mean... Yeah, I guess to get out of the negativity we've been this entire thing, uh, I, I actually enjoyed uh, uh, Hyoka, the, the lab lady, because I just... She was refreshing throughout the slightly overly energetic group of people that was there. Yes, this is she a was very the calm high character. Energy. This is a very high energy show. I mean, it's constantly on full throttle. And that I think that's where, if anything, I would say I had a harder time. It was like constantly going. So I guess that's funny because I also liked uh, the Obero, the, the robot girl that shows up. I was like, now I'm starting to see that those are the two characters that were the most subtle. <laughs> and those are the two characters I like the most, but uh, I, I I find yeah. it interesting that you have the uh, the lolly uh, twisted girl up there, and it's like, yeah, in some aspects I liked her, and and then there was just that goofy joke where they with the milk bottle, and it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> did you do you remember that scene? No, I must have been one of the moments they were, I was blanking out. They were sitting on a on a on a, and you, and you're probably gonna have to cut this out, but they were sitting on a. Um, on a park bench. Oh, where Curse City falls over? Yeah, she yeah, falls over and it and the milk <laughs> squirts out of the plenty time. of that gif on, on Oh gosh. I don't doubt it. Uh, but yeah, I mean if you like the potty jokes, it's definitely or the 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 etchy jokes. I mean it's there. It wasn't really etchy show. I mean, besides whenever Anna would show up, they would get pretty risky with it, but whenever Anna was around, there it is, but when Anna's gone, it was just pretty much pretty clean throughout the thing it wasn't as inappropriate as i thought it would be <laughs> i think a lot of the, the pictures they were handing out were a lot more inappropriate than what the characters got into <laughs> i think it was more the implied jokes if anything yeah yeah uh anything else to add to it uh i know everybody's gonna hate us i'm sure that i'm i'm in the gutter as well on this one <laughs> uh let's move on to something that'll be happy a lot more happier uh, that is actually I am or Jitsuwa Watashiwa. Go watch it. That's it. Um, Roku. <laughs> <laughs> um, this show stars uh, Kuromini, and he is the worst liar in the world. They call him an, uh, a leaking bucket as, as a, or a leaking basket. Leaky basket, yeah. Uh, he can't lie. He's terrible at lying, whatever. And at some point, he wants to com- uh, confess to this girl that he's always liked. And in the process of trying to confess to her, he goes to the classroom where she's at after school and 
she's got wings out and her and she's got fangs and she's obviously a vampire. And this kind of starts the whole thing where he he still likes her and he's not completely terrified by the fact that she's a vampire, but she says that she now has to leave the school because she made a promise with her dad said if she ever got found out that she was a vampire, she'd have to leave. Uh, he says basically, I'm I'm gonna keep the secret. I, I don't want you to go anywhere. I, I want I want you to enjoy school because he realized she's always been alone and she hasn't been enjoying school. Uh, and thus begins his misadventures of trying to keep the secret that she's a vampire. Uh, and then of course over time, I, this is the the problem. I know when we did the first impressions, I didn't want to mention any of the other characters because I kind of found them to be pretty funny and shocking to reveal each one. But do we want to reveal each one of them? There is other the girls, first, and they the have first two episodes, maybe at least. Yeah, every pretty much every girl has a secret of some sort. There you it's go. Just I mean, that. it's a, it's a show about a guy keeping secrets. He can't keep secrets, and for some reason, every girl he runs into has a secret, and those secrets end up causing complete mischief and chaos and fun and drama and cutesiness and all that kind of jazz. I'm gonna make you go first again. I'm just gonna keep first every time. <laughs> um, I when I first seen the show, I was terrified of it because I didn't like the art style. I quickly got over that. There's a couple of character art works that still don't really jive at some points, but I started enjoying it. I didn't the the, the art style quickly went behind me, and I was able to enjoy it. Uh, there's a few aspects of the shows that I really enjoy. The the one aspect is. The quirkiness, it really quickly you realize it's the show is not really about him keeping a secret. As much as you think that's the whole premise, that goes to the wayside really quickly. It's more about the quirks that the, each of these characters have and how they involve in a quote-unquote harem-style setting. I mean, it, it didn't hit on the harem aspect too much, but it did play off a lot of the, the tropes and right. try to throw them in there just to kind of make things happen. And the other aspect is... I completely forgot the other aspect that I was going to talk about is it's just the presentation. I, I like we've I always mentioned the idea that I like I like music and vocals in my anime and they actually have some really good tunes in this one. I mean, yeah. you realize after a while that they're playing the same one or two songs every single episode towards the end. But I, I really like that aspect. I, I like how this stuff is presented. It's it's put together well. It's not. My gosh, the next greatest thing in the world. And it's a very forgettable show, in my opinion, but I enjoyed watching it. I, I, I would have to say, I, I think I could enjoy this show, and, and I could still pick this show up. I, I, I love this show so it much. It has replay it's, value. It, it, it has a, so much here. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed the interactions. I, I Building on what Andrew was saying, you know, the, each one of these girls and their quirks, quote-unquote, uh, secret how those the 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 traits involving that character let's just say it that way how that in involves in the rest of the group and and their uh how they play off of each other it's just so refreshing it's it it we we had mentioned it before that it it's so like the old style harems and it's and it's such a weird thing to say but it really is it where it's it's not about the the goofy hijinks in, involving the lover, which, yeah, that's here, like Andrew was saying. It's there. The harem elements are there, but they're not the main focus. And, and yeah, even towards the latter episodes where the, the, the um, 
things are starting to pull together where there's going to be a confession and you feel like they're, they're pushing towards a confession. It's not actually, it still doesn't even come to a head. And I didn't come away from it at the end of the, the last episode going, daggummit, I didn't get a confession out of this One of the few times I didn't really care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I enjoy these characters and their hijinks in between. Well, because they, they didn't play too much off of the whole fighting over the guy kind of thing. I mean, it right. was there, but it wasn't a, here's this episode, this character's going to try to fight for him, or this character's going to fight for him. It's really a, here's an excuse to get them together, hijinks happens. Yeah. Kind of thing. And each one of them, like like I said before, they the the traits that they bring into it, they focus on one of the one of the girls, and it's like okay, they just play with that, and they just they have just crazy, intelligent, clever ideas for each one of these characters, and it, and that I think makes it shine as its own show. Um, as far as a drive for the the group, yeah, I guess you could go with the whole they can't. The, they have to keep a secret type thing, but really that isn't, I think it's more character driven by itself. It doesn't really need a story. It's just these characters and how they, they interact with each other. It, it didn't give you enough time to really go, man, I really wish they had to focus. It was really just constantly something happening. Mm-hmm. I think the only character that I thought was weak in the show was probably the quote unquote childhood friend of Kemi. Yeah. I think she was probably the weakest by far. Whenever she was on the sc- uh, screen, it was nothing really that funny was happening. They did have one little quirk with her that really just enhanced another character, if you want to call it that. Um, but her herself, her episode, and every time she was on, it was she really had no. She wasn't that entertaining. She wasn't really doing much. Uh, I think she really just facilitated something else to kind of happen. Um, but like the class president and the teacher lady loved those two always. Um, Shiragami was just adorable. Aizawa, I can't, it's hard to choose between the two, but I'd probably go with Aizawa, but uh, Nagisa Aizawa, she was just, her flusteredness was way too cute, and her little th- quirk was was hilarious at times. I, I Her entire episode with her quirk was just, loved it. It sucks that I can't really say it. It's, it's funny, because well, most it, people are I like, mean, it doesn't really matter that much, but at the same time, it was quite shocking the reveal. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's not like us telling you guys the the each one of these girls' secrets would matter really that much, but it does have a lot of fun involving discovering these girls, and I and I and I kind of want to keep that for you guys to enjoy. I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, I I do really suggest it. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like Andrew was saying, the artwork was a little bit take off i mean i at the at the very beginning we were like "Ooh, uh the idea sounds good but the artwork uh, i'm not sh- so sure but very quickly like andrew was saying very quickly i didn't even <laughs> give a crap about the f- artwork i was loving this show one of one of the one of uh kromini's friend was like he looked like a middle-aged man never in school i'm like why is this guy here he doesn't look like he's <laughs> supposed to be here unless he's you know stalking girls or something i don't know um, I, I'm kind of mixed. There was a, I would say about two, two episodes, I would say that were kind of bleh. Uh, but most of the other episodes, I, I, I enjoyed them. I had a lot of fun with them. So I definitely recommend the show. I don't think it's, you know, anywhere on my hundred top hundred list, but it's, it's entertaining and definitely worth a watch. It's definitely, I mean, I, I can, I can 
I can think of a couple times where Andrew was a little bit like, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this show. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to watch it. It's no, so I never fun. Said that, but the, the competition, <laughs> the competition on the stage, that was kind of the, I loved it. I, I seen every joke. That, I was like, I, it was one of those moments where you're like, yeah, you I know what's coming up next. Yeah, I know what's coming up next. I know what's coming up next. It 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 got into a rhythm and it kept doing the rhythm. And it's like you you you've already shown me the rhythm. Why you keep doing it? You're not shocking me, kind of thing. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, move forward. I'll go to uh, Roka no Yusha or Roka Brave of the Six Flowers. Uh, people probably enjoyed our spoiler discussion of this one if they've already watched this show and listened to our spoiler. We had a lot of problems with it. Uh, I guess we can get into that now, but this is our spoiler-free one, so don't have to worry about it. Uh, This takes place in a fantasy-type setting. Uh, Every time this demon decides to awaken and the land begins to be overrun by demons, a deity of fate always chooses six warriors, and these six warriors, the six braves, uh, they then go to the west side of this uh, entire continent and fight the demons before they can spread and, you know, basically kill everybody. Uh, so they're basically like the chosen heroes to protect the lands at these designated time points, or these designated moments in time. And you quickly meet Adedet. He is, he claims to be the strongest hero in the world, or strongest man in the world. Uh, you quickly find out that he's more clever and skilled rather than having any kind of particular power. Um, but... He, he claims that he's going to be chosen because he's so skillful. He goes to this competition in order to be chosen. I'm not quite sure what exactly the competition was for. I think he was wanting to win in front of this deity statue, and he thought that that would get him favor from the deity to be one of the Braves. Um, he gets thrown in prison, and when he comes out, while he's in prison, he gets chosen, and he's freed by uh, Piana, which is the princess, uh, who is also ends up being one of the chosen. And they decide to go on this journey to the west to find the other Braves, gather together, and and uh, go on to fight the, the demons, whatever. Uh, over time, at some certain point, each of these Braves get gathered together at one location, and they end up finding themselves trapped. And that's the point in which the show quickly shifts from, here's these heroes, they're going to go fight the bad guy, to... We need to figure out who is the mole in our group because we're stuck here, and until we find that mole, we're not going to be able to leave this location. And so it quickly turns from a show about warriors fighting evil to let's figure out who this bad person is, get rid of them, and then go to the demon. And so I think that was the cool part about the show. I think I said it in my, the first impressions, and I said it in the, the preview was – I wanted this to be another They Were Eleven, and which is another show that's about finding the mole because there's a fear created and there's a fear of death involved and thus people start pointing fingers really quickly. Uh, paranoia happens. People are always afraid of who's going to stab them in the back because they're stuck in one location and they know somebody is inherently going to be evil. You know one of them is a killer and you have to stop them. And that was what was cool, because it was like, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to come about that. I thought the synopsis was going to be like a, let's all go to the bad guy. And at some point, somebody ends up backstabbing somebody. They find it, figure it out, and then it's the game over. But this was really, when they, the moment that I realized it was like episode four or so, when it was like, whoa, they're, they're literally stuck here, and they have to figure out who this is. 
this show is not about the demon. This show is about, well, technically it is, but this show is about figuring out who the bad guy is. And I was like, that's cool. I like this. I like this detective kind of stuff. And I'm constantly trying to figure out who's the bad guy. And you're, you're, you're doing the whole process of elimination. And unfortunately, there was this moment where you kind of realize, wow, technically only really one of them would be a quote unquote shocker. And the rest are too obvious. And then you're kind of, uh, is this going to be a good outcome? And is it going to surprise me? And, and, and it's maybe it's tricking me. You're always constantly going, is it, is it, is it figuring out my figuring out or is it going to be obvious? Is it going to be the, the, the one that nobody would suspect, even though everybody suspects it. (laughs) And then in the end, it was like, the ending is the troubling part. It, it, not really the ending. It was probably about, I don't know, seven or eight. I don't remember exactly the point in which it kind of starts breaking character logic. But there's a point in which it just starts ruining a certain character's logic. It, it Then it goes to the conclusion, in which the conclusion just felt like... It was a stupid reason for the the the... the the, like I said earlier, there's there's supposed to be six of them, and there ends up being seven in this location. Trying to figure out the seventh, and then the seventh gets revealed, and it's like, a, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really fit any of your character uh, reactions any time before. And that really comes down to the issue of the show itself. I liked the premise. I love the concept. I love what they were doing here, and I wanted to, I enjoyed every bit of it. I didn't care. There was people who complained about the animation. I was fine with the animation. I was into who was the bad guy, and I was liking what they were doing with certain characters, especially Adelette, Femi, uh, even Hans. Uh, Goloff has some good moments there, too. But there was a point in which they broke character logic, and I, I'm, usually, I'm usually really forgiving about this stuff. And it's usually Chris that comes out and goes, they just, that doesn't make any sense for this character. I don't like it. And I'm like, I, I don't, I'm fine with this. I'm, I don't know what you're complaining about, Chris. This is fine for me. This is one of the moments where I was like, I literally feel like Chris, where I'm like, this is just breaking this character, and it makes no sense whatsoever. I'm hating this. Your ending ruined this show for me. And I guess it's one of those moments where people ask us here and there, where which show you think has an... Is there a show that has an ending that's so bad it ruins... This show has one of those endings that kind of ruins the show, because a lot of the show is built around what is going to happen in the last episode. That last reveal is what the show is building up to. So if that execution is bad, you ruin the whole show kind of thing. So you, you the dominoes go backwards and everything's ruined. You have to set them all back up again. This show did that and it upset me very much. I mean, we even had, we fired up the podcast to record that spoiler cast because we we're so angry. Um, I know there are some people out there that didn't like, didn't mind the ending. So I'm not going to say everybody's going to hate this. I love the concept. I love the build up. I love what they were doing. I just didn't like the later parts of it. Really ruined it for me. But I know that there's some people out there that don't mind that. So you can, if the if the concept is interesting to you, definitely check it out. If what I'm saying scares you, then you might want to maybe give it a few episodes. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, it's a very hard show to recommend because I like the concepts, but I can't recommend it because it made me so angry in, the, in its conclusion. Well, I have no problems with saying that, that I hated the ending of this show. and Did I, I say that I had no problem with that? I, <laughs> I think I, I said I, it no, like 50 no, I times. I say I barely had interest in this show to begin with. It just, 
none of the characters really pulled off for me. I mean, I had one character out of the entire cast that I kind of liked and she kind of carried me through, but they just didn't focus on her enough to, to save it, save the show for me. Um, the character artwork is gorgeous. I kind of liked the, the animation for the most part. I think that's about fair. <laughs> um, there was some of the latter episodes where the, the, the quality kind of dipped a little bit. Um, but I, 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 I'm sorry. I have to, I have to go with what my brother was saying. It's just at a certain point there. I mean, we, if you listen to our, 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 uh, our discussional on this, I mean, there was some, some ways that they could have saved this show, but in the effect that they did not do that, it, I mean, unfortunately at some point my brother was like, saying that it, it almost felt like the writer was like whatever just just throw some the last in there, episode you know? was totally whatever I, we don't care anymore <laughs> to laugh you actually watch this yeah i mean and then they did a kind of a repeater type thing it's really what kind of they did and it's like no you can't you can't pull that off with this show at all you, you really can't and so in a way, in 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 a lot of ways, this show was very disappointed for well, it, disappointing for me. It, it undermines itself. It really is the problem with the the ending. It, it undermined itself is the best way I can put it without spoiling things. And that's and that's always something that really kind of troubles me when I'm watching a show. If it, if you if you undermine what I've been investing in for the last twelve or so episodes, yeah, twelve episodes, then it's kind of like you're throwing your papers in my face and saying, "Ha, oh, you actually read that kind of thing." It was. Uh, I, I mean, I would even have, I mean, we've, we talked about this before. It's like, if they actually do a second season, which it's set up for a second season. It, I mean, there's no getting around that. Um, would we actually watch it? I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this one, are. this one had that, uh, op- that, like you were saying, the egg at the end, uh, it, it lends itself to another season and you're like, after all this crap that you just put me through, I don't know if I want to be put through more crap and really is what it is. I don't know. I think I may check out another season if it came up, but I don't know that I would have the patience for another one. Yeah. I had a hard time with this one. So yeah, I, like I said before, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't even sure if I want to review the show. Cause it was like, I just, I like what you're doing. I, I always like when they do different things. Like this is a, this was totally... I mean, I know people complain about the idea of it being... Wow, now they're kind of just chasing their tails. I'm like, this is what the show is. Did you want another show where these people go and fight Demon Lord? No, this show is about paranoia. This show is about who is the mole. This show is like... All these cool concepts that's nothing to do with chasing after big bad guy. It's just... In the end, it kind of screwed up. So, I don't know. It looked good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I trouble with I had trouble with uh Fleming because I know that's the one that you really like. I I love her character design. It's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful looking. And I liked her backstory. I just did not like her and added it that whole back and forth they kept doing throughout the entire. It was like, "Oh my gosh, girl, you're annoying the hell out of me. Really? You're still stuck on this?" <laughs> but yeah, I I wanted to like Shamo. Shamo was the one that was like, it's the lolly character. And she's crazy and powerful. And that was a Shota, I think. Shamo, no. They never implied that. Okay. At no point did they imply that. I always called her her, so. <laughs> Sorry. 
I think they said it sometimes she was a maiden, and I, I think the only, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That, I they didn't really, really say expand that, that was a female. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, well, Chris fantasized about Shamo being a show. Let's move forward. <laughs> why he wants her to be a show. Uh, Came um, off as a Shota. <laughs> that's why he didn't like that character, because the entire time he thought it was a Shota. <laughs> no, she was just just that power. Just that power is all I'm gonna say. Uh, <laughs> yes. When that first happened, I was like, I was, like, I was wondering what, what that was. Kept, kept shaking around that what was it, like the lion's tail thing, and I'm like, what is she gonna do with that? And then finally I was like, ooh. I thought it was just a bite down thing. I didn't know it was going that direction, but okay. <laughs> Really weird powers in that show. It was, it was. I like the powers. The powers are pretty cool. I, I find me a little making powder thing and Shamo. It's <laughs> like think about right now. Flammy God was eater, best girl. Flammy was best girl. No, good art style. Definitely good character build. Just not in the the moment. The only no. other one that you could possibly go with is is the one that both of us absolutely. I'm going with Hans. I don't know what you're talking about. Hans oh, okay. is awesome. <laughs> Hans grew on me. Hans is best girl. Hans is best girl. <laughs> that sexy abs, that girl. Wow, we should move forward. <laughs> God Eater. We have God Eater. Yes, it didn't really technically conclude, but technically it did because it's a split core now. This show was an utter mess, and I'm so sad that it was an utter mess because it was a foodable and we just came off Unlimited Blade Works. And I'm like, God Eater, not particularly the most coolest story in the world because it's a video game, but it's going to have action. So I figured this is going to be my popcorn show of the season. So give it to me kind of thing. And then we had delay after delay, episodes delayed. And now season's ending. They do episode nine's the finale. <laughs> See you in winter with 10 through 13 or something like that. It was like, what are we doing here? This is so broken. They have major we'll get, issues. And we'll get 10, and then they'll wait another two months. <laughs> it's going to be like every every month, it's going to be an episode. And then we're going to get to the last episode, and they go, see you in fall. <laughs> oh, why are we jinxing this? Why are we jinxing this? But yeah, anyways, it, it had a lot of production issues. Um is having some kind of problem. I, some people always claiming it's Heaven's Feel, which I think is probably might have something to do with it. Who knows? One of the major issues that it had the show's been the previous season. We're knocking it out. But anyways, God Eater. This show, it takes place in 2071. At some point, uh, this new kind of life form shows up. It's a cell that somehow starts slowly evolving. They start seeing these creatures on the beaches. Um, slowly over time, they get larger and larger. People believe they're just like chukahabras or something like that, but they're actually these origamis. Um, and even though mankind is pretty much thrown into a post-apocalypse moment where these gigantic spears come out from the ground, wipe out all life on Earth. These origamis show up and start eating people. Uh, they somehow figure out a way of fighting back against these origamis because most weapons don't work. And that is by actually fusing weapons with the cells of these things that are, that are killing them. Um, these origami cells, are they're learning how to fuse them into weapons so they can fight back. Um, and we we kind of jump into the story with uh, Linka. Linka joins the Finrer, which is Finrer's like a corporation that puts these God Eaters together to go out and fight these things. And Linka ends up having so much potential that he becomes what they call as a new type. And new types get these weapons that normal God Eaters, which are these people that fight the Aragamis, they get blades or they get guns. 
but the new types are able to wield a god eater that is able to or a a weapon or a god arc that is able to switch back and forth between a gun and a weapon and a sword. And so that's what Linka is and he has all this potential, blah blah blah. Uh, over time, you meet Alisa, who is also another uh, new type. She's from the West or whatever. She's she's come over to their location because they got this gigantic construction that's happening. This this monument that they're building that will house people and save all mankind, but they require cores to be fed to it from these these origami. And that's basically the setup: is trying to get these cores feed them into this this system that they're trying to build that will save everybody, but at the same time, uh, Vinka sucks, and he's terrible because he's a newbie, <laughs> and Alisa rocks because she's a vet veteran, and she's been through so much crap, um, and all these other characters that support them or lead them or make their weapons because Rick is awesome and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it is really just a action-y show. I, it was, I think for the first moment uh, was it probably episode f- one through maybe episode four or five i was like eh, you're not giving me enough action and that's really all i see this show being for so give me more action stop talking stop giving me flashbacks to the story that really isn't that that andrew just basically said in about two minutes stop doing flashbacks for that really really shallow story you don't have a deep world here if you had a deep world, you could have probably gone... I, I was hoping that Ufootable might have done something that was anime original, maybe got something interesting, but they didn't. So they have the basic story that isn't that interesting. So I was wanting the action. But thankfully, I would say five or six. I'm not quite positive exactly where it was at. At some point, Alisa and Linka, who are the two new types, go out with Sakuya, which is uh, one of the first people you meet. They go out on this uh, this killing the origami thing and they get separated and at that point the show really started getting interesting for me it started delving into uh the psychotic st- uh, the psych the psychic state of uh alisa and what she's going through uh it's going through linka and how he's kind of slowly developing as a more stronger character i wouldn't say he's just you know has some deep plot to him it's just that he's just he's growing stronger emotionally and supporting people and then they started getting into Lindo and his uh, this group of people that are outside of the Fenrir. And all that stuff was really... I liked it. It was like a moment-to-moment. Here's these characters. They're dealing with a situation. Here's this group of people. They're trying to help. That's where I was starting to really get interested in this show. And it really was starting to build up to episode 9, which is where they cut it off. I was starting to get more some sort of connection with the characters. I was like what was happening on the screen. The action was good. For the most part, it was really Elisa and what she was going through, and I was starting to kind of like Linka and what he was going through, and then it cuts off. So, <laughs> I, I just, it's not a great show, but at the same time, halfway through it was definitely starting to entertain me into something that was really good. And I, I, I go against what most people say. I think that Affordable did a really good job here. I, a lot of people are saying, man, their budget is really low. Yeah, it's not an unlimited Blade Works. But it, I think it's it's charming in its own way with the animation style. They, they did this whole CG thing with kind of a... It looks almost watercolored. And it looks really good. I mean, they're using a lot of... The origamis are all CG. And I think by doing this, it makes it all kind of mesh well together. There's not a moment where something's running up 2D and they're obviously hitting a, a CG uh, monster. 
it's all CG and it has a really good style to it with the watercolor that helps make it look more it makes it un CG'd if that makes any sense. And it looks really good. I, I actually really like the visual style and the, the character designs are really good. And I've always loved God Eater character designs, so that that's no secret there. Um but they did well here. I like I like the character designs, I like visually what it looks like. I, I have to agree that visually this this show looks absolutely gorgeous. Um it it is it is I think that it's one of those things that uh, at first glance, you'll probably be a little turned off because of the way it looks. It 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 looks like almost like um, CG with uh, lighting on crack, and I I don't I I guess lighting on crack would be a little bit bad because it's it doesn't have lens flares. It just it looks yeah, like it's, not, it's, not, it's very not, not shaded. Unlimited Blade Works lens yeah. flares. It, it it's very shaded, so I mean it. it you it's a very dark tone to the colors. And everything. Yeah, it's it, it's got it, it. It one one side of the character is very dark, and the other side is very bright. So I mean, you you see a very very vast difference in the contrasting and all that. They're stuff. always in spotlights. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, but but don't get me wrong. I mean, it looks great. It, it's just it. It's some people I can see it 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 be one of those things that you would look at it and you'd be like. Okay, I, I can't do this. It's CG plus it's got this really strange coloring, but I think it lends itself to it, especially when you start seeing. I think that it really shines with the first time you see Alyssa come in and actually do something. Um, some of the first fights with Lenka look good, but I think it really shines when they get to that plane and 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 Alyssa. Really, the plane yeah, was a really cool scene. That's when it really kind of sold itself to me as far as an action show. And it, and and don't get me wrong, I didn't. I, I couldn't really, it took a while before I finally found a character that I could go, okay, now I'm on board. I've actually got a character. Always likes about. tragic pass. Chris <laughs> loves his tragic pass. Kill somebody in somebody's pass and Chris will connect that character. Zink. But I, I, I mean, I, the, 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 the character that I liked at the beginning was the, 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 the technician. And I was like, oh my gosh. She's awesome. But she, but she Grit was only oil, like, but she never, she's never there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, I just want a God Eater, quote unquote, the, the God Ark maker. Exactly. And God Ark maker. It's just a spinoff of just her <laughs> making God Arcs. And I mean, it, the, and, and it, so it took me a while to finally get to, to a point where I was like, okay. I'm on board. This is a this is an interesting show, and plus I was watching it on Hulu, so I was like four or I, no, I wasn't watching it on Hulu. I was watching it on Crunchyroll, so I was like five weeks behind Andrew. And Andrew kept coming and going like, and, and "Oh, Chris, you gotta you watch see this, this episode. <laughs> this episode it had the lolly moment." I was like, "Yeah, cool. There's a lolly in the show." But and, yeah, I mean, it looks great to me. Um, it, it, very good uh, action scenes. The story was kind of interesting um i i think that soma his backstory was interesting uh yeah. F- fujiki i could have cared less about him i really want to know more about elisa um but most of the other characters i really don't care about fujiki disappeared real quick I, there, there was no backstory there it was like hi mom bye mom that's it yeah i i, I could have cared less about him I I, always, I mean, he just randomly appeared out of nowhere, and he's like, "Hi!" And they're like, "Yeah!" And I'm like, "Who the heck is this?" And let I me explain. That, let me explain I think that he was a to part you. of a class or something like that. But I, I let me like, explain okay, the purpose of Fujiki. 
every time you play a God Eater, you come in as the no-name prota- uh, the no-name protagonist, and then suddenly you meet this cool, <laughs> your this guy that you you've known your entire life, but yet you've never known him. Like he just shows up. He's like, "What's up? Want some gum?" Yeah, dude. Let's go out and do a mission together. I'm a newbie just like you. Let's go. That's who Fujiki is. I, 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 I'm totally, I, I got you. And so I'm very happy he there. disappeared really quickly because he, I just, you need to go away because I know you're just going to end up dying. So go away. Go away. He I wasn't sure if he that. was supposed to be another new type or not. I, I don't think he was. I think no, he was just. There's only two new types that we know of so far. Could change. I don't know. But yeah, it, it was, it's a good show. I, I didn't, like I said, it was very mellow at the very beginning, but it, it turned out to be something that was entertaining, entertaining. But yeah, it was, that was the other issue with the show itself was the fact that you had it on Daisuke and then I think Crunchyroll had some kind of contract that they had to post like a week later and it was like two weeks. I think they were like behind two episodes at some point. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure, but, and Daisuke just has problems every now and then and it works, but yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like me. I, not I, I, I you go out of your way to go after. Yeah, if you I, have crunchy roll, you're gonna do it. I tend to avoid uh, Daisuke like the plague, but I like Daisuke for what it is. It's it's important that that we support Daisuke. So please don't take that as some kind of a bash on it. I I like Daisuke and I want it to work. And if you start the player and then click like a couple minutes towards the end, you can go through all the commercials and you watch the whole thing without commercials. Just hope that you don't have a spoiler at the very end. <laughs> I caught, I caught myself there. Um, but yeah, good, good, good stuff. And just not stellar. Oh, I, heck. I definitely I mean, looking forward to the conclusion. They definitely started building up a lot of stuff that were agitating me in a good way <laughs> towards the end of that ninth episode. So it's gonna suck having to wait three months just to watch three episodes. I can say that now. Were you gonna say something? I cut you off. No, I was just going Before to say I, I, I avoided Hulu like the plague up until the point they gave me the ability to take off my ads. Hey, Daisuke, I'll pay you five bucks just for two shows and not have commercials for an right? entire season. <laughs> I don't mind that. Uh, it'll be four episodes. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. It's going to be nine or 10 through 13 will be its conclusion. And hopefully we'll get more Rika. Uh, our next one we have is Gangsta, which is another one I don't want to talk about. Everybody has been waiting all season uh, for this. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. I'm done. I quit. You quit? Okay. So Dice, uh, Daisuke. <laughs> so Daisuke. So Gangsta is about Ergastelium. Uh, it's a closed off town run by the ma- mafia. Um, and then... There's drugs and there's vile enhancements. <laughs> I just have I have notes on here. They're not to reread. I was still expecting you to go Ergasium close off town by mafia descendants of those invested to deliver. No, no. Uh, this takes place in the town called Ergast Ergastulum, which is a closed off town that's run by the mafia. So I just Chris said got that. that part right. <laughs> Why it's closed off. There was some point there was a war that was happening. Uh, they don't specifically say what the war was or how it was was involved with it. But there was a war that was happening. And during that time, they apparently they were enhancing people with this this drug called Celebur. And Celebur, when it's ingested, it, it's a very highly addictive. It's a bio-enhancing drug. And it helps people. Uh, it gives them strength. It makes them able to jump further. They're able to do things that you, know, you wouldn't normally be able to do with your own muscles. It just... 
it enhances you. Um, but the out, outlier from that is that anybody who takes the Celebrars are known as uh, Twilights. They're basically people with these enhanced abilities. And the sad thing about it is that anybody who takes Celebrar, for some reason, it it its addictiveness and its enhancements, er, toxicity of it, ends up uh, being transferred genetically to children. And so what you have is this er- ergastulum is an area that is cut off where those people live. Um, and of course you have normal people as well. It's just Twilights are, I think they, I don't know if they specifically said it, but I don't, they think Twilights are not even supposed to leave this area. This is where they go because this is where the Celebrar is and it's what they're addicted to also. Uh, because it turns out Ergastulum is the only location where you can have this drug. Um, so in uh, this, like we said before, it's, it's run by the Mafia and the Mafia is basically the Forefathers. And these Forefathers run everything. Um, the forefathers are four families, the Monroe family, which is Danielle Monroe. Uh, he basically runs, uh, he's assistant, uh, and business for the Twilights that are not part of the Park Lake Guild, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, you have the Cristino family, which is run by Loretta Cristino, um, and they distribute the Celebrar. Um, and they're supposed to be completely neutral. They're not allowed to take sides because otherwise you're cutting another, these if Twilights are on this side of the of the field and there's Twilights on this side of the field, they want to be able to give to both sides. So they're always neutral. Um, but that doesn't always happen because <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, one of the best girls in the entire show. Uh, the Cors- uh, Corsica family, which um, is run by Uranos Corsica, and he runs Weapon Trade and Vice. And the, again, the Parklay Guild, which is, they dispatch, they're basically, they, they dispatch mercenary Twilights. So this entire town is run by those four families. And then within that, you have the Handymen, which are a basically these two guys that are basically kind of neutral. Um, and they handle jobs that nobody else wants to handle. And that's Warwick Arcangelo and Nicholas Brown. And you quickly find out that Nicholas Brown is actually a Twilight as well, whereas Warwick is just a, a normal. Um, and they kind of work together to do odds and end jobs for people that need it. So... Chad, who is the um, this chief for the the police, he'll probably get one of the the forefathers wants somebody to handle one of the mafia groups overstepping their bounds, but they don't want to do anything within their groups to cause a problem. So they'll have Chad hire the handyman, and they'll go do the dirty work so that nobody no wars happen. Basically, um, yeah, that's that's basically just the show. Yeah, yeah, and they also have an aspect of. Uh, People that are Twilights also have side effects to having the power that they have. So uh, you'll be a Twilight and you'll have super, uh, not superhuman power, but like just a lot of strength. But at the same time, you'll have something about you that's affected by it. So Nicholas, which is one of our handymen, he's deaf. And you have uh, some other characters you run into have like this one guy, he doesn't, he doesn't grow or he... He, it stunned his growth, so he's like a child, even though he's technically supposed to be an adult, because it stunned his growth, though. He always looks like a kid. So that's the other aspect of it. Okay, so I'm guessing I get to go first, so you can talk it up, right? So I can, so I can drink, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk up this show. Oh, okay. All right, so here's my thing with this show. I, I loved it. When we first came into it, it was... It was very well done, very well paced. I, I enjoyed the the combat scenes. Um, I, a lot of the characters were were very intriguing. Um, I, I I had a hard time with a couple of the characters up until the point in which 
um, certain characters came in, they humanized some of the characters, and then other characters slowly started to shine in each one of them. And and some characters came out of nowhere, and I was like, wow, this is an interesting character. I love this character. I want to follow her. And I, he said her, by the way. <laughs> um, anyway, so what, the thing is with this show that, that I think that kind of was my main issue was after they got the first things settled in and and I'm I'm actually invested in this show. Um it was almost like they were trying to go dark and it started doing this massacre thing. And for the last 8 episodes, I, and I and I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it felt like from that point on, it, the rest of the 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 episodes were all about this massacre that was going on and it never stopped all the way up until the end, and nothing felt resolved after that point. I'm going to correct him there. It not not that, and I, you probably misspoke, but it's not that it tried to be dark. This show is very dark. Um, coming into it, it, I don't know exactly how I worded it in my first impressions, but it was like it's unapologetically violent. Um, these characters, like the handyman especially, Wark and Nicholas, they... They're told to do jobs where basically it's go to this group and kill these guys and dispose of their bodies. And it's violent about it. There's there's heads chopping off. There's blood flying everywhere. They will then – and they have no remorse. They'll just they'll just pick up these bodies and throw them in a, in a, in a dark alley. I mean they're – it is very – it's a very violent show. It's very gritty. It's a very gritty show and it's very dark about that. I think what he means is that at some point they just – it it just gets to yeah it's it's a slaughter fest you're just seeing mindless slaughtering happening and there's no purpose to it whereas while I'm talking back over here where he they go and the handyman go and they handle this issue it is for a specific reason there's this this specific reason for what they're doing and you see a conclusion to it whereas at this certain point of the show where it decided suddenly there's a massacre happening it's just doing it for too long whereas over here they had a story before it and a story after it and it was very tight knit and it happened. This is just going on and on and on and on. And it's like, I get it. That person's killing people. You don't have to show me it over and over again. I get that they're killing people. You don't have to keep showing me it. I, I get the concept. Just tell me a bunch of people died and let's move on. I, I'm, and the next episode comes. We're still doing it. Why, why am I still watching this person slaughter people? I'm getting nothing from this. The, the, the brilliant writing you had at the beginning here. I love the beginning. I love the style. I love the music. I love the subtlety of things. I like that that unapologetic violence. I, it's it was so well started out. The style and everything was great. I liked Alex when they brought Alex in. That was a, a very dark aspect. They didn't they didn't uh, they didn't glorify what she was doing, and they they went through her story or not entirely her story, but they they set her up. And they're getting into the families and and uh, Laureate Cristino and and uh, Daniel Monroe. I love those two uh, forefathers. Love diving into them and what they're doing. I even like the bastard uh, location where they were bringing the Twilights in. I like that whole thing with Cristino. And then at that point where they went to the bastard after that episode, it just plummets. It goes into this whole new arc about these people coming in and slaughtering the Twilights. And I just, it was that for, from that, that point on was just that. Every now and then you got a little bit of Alex and that was cool. Didn't get to see any conclusion to it. Um, we got this other, uh, 
this other guy that was with uh, Christino and his relationship with this other character, I was liking that. I thought it was really sweet. Uh, it seemed like it was flagging people really badly. And then it just ends. It, I, mean, I don't even want to say end. It just stops. It just stops. And I got no conclusion. From that point of the bastard and, and Christino and the Twilights being and them being taken to the bastard, from then on was just a bunch of build-up to something we're never going to see conclusion for. And that irritates the fire out of me. And it, it's even more sad in the fact that the company that was doing uh, the animation studio for this is now bankrupt. So it's like, I don't even know if we'll even see a conclusion to this. So it becomes an issue of, I love the beginning of the show. I loved everything up until the point of the Christino and the Twilights. But after that, I can't, I, it was terrible. I can't suggest this show because after that point, nothing is for any purpose whatsoever. It, you can't suggest it because half the show is basically useless. And, and that sucks. I, I, I wanted, I love this setup. I love this world. I love the families. I loved everything in here. But the rest is nothing. There's no point to any of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Nicholas was was hardly there in the the last few episodes. Um, I mean, he disappeared. <laughs> he he just disappeared, and he's he's like the main character. In the seemed like he was the main character. Games, Even right? Warwick. Yeah, it just. It, I mean, there's there's no way to describe what the last few episodes. I mean, they even had that that. Uh, that half episode in there that to to help him out with with some of the 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 uh, the other episodes, but it still didn't seem to help. I mean, they they kept introducing more and more characters, and none of those characters were covered. Um, not to mention you have uh, Alex's backstory, which which they toyed with, and they were hinting at that they were going to conclude on that. Um, you had one of the ran- randomly one of the one of the main uh father uh, godfathers dies or disappears or whatever and and Loretta takes over so i mean i don't remember his death did did you who are we talking about uh the cristiano family head he was there at the beginning she was on his uh his uh the arm of his chair and then later on she no, was, that was in one the of, chair. that was one of her men Oh, that was one of her men. Yeah, they, he was he was long gone before I think. Oh, okay. Um, I I liked work and Nicholas's backstory. I love that whole thing. That whole yeah, that, that whole was never them resolved. Was great. They were they were they were introducing two two twins or one well, of them. It, it, it was it, it's I, it settled their story from their childhood. It it just at some point comes to this abrupt uh, change in his childhood, and you don't see anything after that. You don't see that moment from then to. Why is suddenly he uh, supposedly have some kind of involvement with the Monroe family? Yeah, those those things, and I was expecting those to be you know, maybe sometime in the future. And that's one of those troubling things. Like a lot of these little stories, like I, I expected that Alex's story would be eventually explained in the manga and a, a possible second season. I was expecting to probably see how Warwick is involved with the the Monroe family. I was expecting all these things eventually. It's just you had like four episodes you completely wasted that we could have done something with some of them. And then, like I said, uh, no thoughts on... Yeah, when companies bankrupt, they do sell assets. And there's a possibility somebody will pick this up if it did well enough. It's just, I hope it did well enough that somebody would care about it. <laughs> I didn't want to turn that into a bash fest, and we ended up doing that. No, I, I was praising a lot of it, I thought. <laughs> like I said, I, I don't know exactly. Some it It's really like between about nine and... 
eight and nine, there's at that point somewhere in there, it kind of has this comes down and the hate starts coming up for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess it's good to check out. I, I, I just, just expect that those last three or four episodes are going to probably tick you off like they did me. I don't know. Some people might not have the same issue, so who knows? And Nina, Nina and Nicholas together were absolutely adorable, by the way. Yes, Nina, best girl. Some definitely good choreography. I love... Oh, wait. I just love the brutality of Nicholas when he comes up and he just shines his tags. Like, all that stuff was just... I loved it. I loved it. I, I'm torn. Who do I love more, Nina or Loretta? I like Loretta. She's my Rentosaka. She was so adorable. But Nina was so sweet and cute. Yeah, she was. And it's like Loretta, loyal, and, and just headstrong to a fault. I mean, I loved her character and, and, and how great she was. And then Nina, it's just this loyalty and sweet. And, and it's like six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Can I take them both? Yeah, one is, they're for their own reasons. Rinchi yeah. Sokka's love and Nina's adorable. Kawaii. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> All right, next one is Overlord. Uh, this is kind of an exciting one for me. I'm not... Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Uh, this one takes place in 2126. Uh, it takes place in the dive MMORPG or massively multiplayer online role-playing game uh, called Yedrasil. And it's been the top-rated DMMORPG for some 12 years. And it's going to be finally shut down. Uh, they're they're closing down the servers. They're gonna turn it off and everything. Uh, we follow Momonga, who is one of the people that was playing the game. He was part of a guild that was top level and everything. They had world items and everything. They were really a leading guild. And as the servers are going down, and he's saying goodbye to all of his guild members, and he's taking all their equipment, and they're signing off for the last time. He decides I'm gonna I'm just gonna hang out until the servers go down. So he's kind of just hanging out and goes to the throne and mess with some settings for some of the NPCs. Uh, and when the clock comes to the point where it was supposed to shut down, it just keeps going. You, for some reason, the server isn't shut down or whatever. Uh, and then he quickly realizes that all of his normal settings and stuff are all changed. He's not able to log out. He's kind of trapped in this in this uh, DMMORPG. And suddenly, for some reason... Other things change as well, like the NPCs that are around him that were part of this, uh, the Great Tome of Nazarick, which was their guild location. Uh, all the NPCs that they had all created in that to protect that guild house or whatever, uh, all start acting differently. They're all, they all seem to have emotions. They're not just NPCs anymore. And the other aspect is that him, him he himself, he feels changes happening because he's a, his character that he created was a, a lich, and he starts realizing there's these uh, aspects of being a lich that are starting to affect him as well. He doesn't have to sleep. He doesn't have to eat. He He's losing his uh, compassion. He's losing his uh, emotions that he would normally have. And over time, he's kind of starting to try to investigate things. He's trying to figure out 
what exactly happens, if there are any other players that are there, uh, rules to the world that has changed. He's obviously realizing that things have changed with like the NPCs and his his tool sets. Um, so he's trying to figure out what in the world is also has changed, investigating things to try to figure out what's actually happening. And it kind of follows him as he's investigating the world itself, and he's in, you know having different things happening with his his NPCs that he has in his guild, uh, building his his keep, and then at some point he's trying to he's he's wanting to make contact with people, and he's doing that by trying to become. Uh, renowned in the world, so he's he's trying to make a, a name for himself and go out and show that he's this in, insanely powerful lich or not at at some point. Um, and that's that's the world. Coming into the show, initial thought, and I'm sure everybody else has the same thought. Listening to that synopsis is you're thinking guy trapped in MMO turn off kind of thing. Like oh here's another Sword Art Online, here's another one of these other uh, dot hack, all these other kind of MMOs. Uh, type shows and I had that same thought coming into it but what I realized really quickly was I was I was liking there was two two maybe three aspects that I was really liking about this show as opposed to your other trapped in MMO things uh one is that the the mental changes that are happening to Momonga the the main character as he names himself later eyes on the gold uh he he emotionally changes, and for the beginning part of the show, I was liking how they were kind of touching on that aspect. That not just the fact that he's in this world, but he's becoming the character that he is playing. He still acknowledges that he is in a game, but his emotions are changing. He's watching things happen to NPCs, and he's not caring, even though it looks very gruesome what's happening before him. He's getting a... a when, he, when you came in the show, he's, he just sounded like a standard player. He sounded He sounded like a uh, some way that would be like, oh yeah, I'm in this guild and and we have these NPCs and it's changing to this. He's becoming this lich king basically, and he's got all these different ways of thinking about things. I was liking that. Granted, they didn't really play off that too much a lot during the middle area of the show. They played a little bit of it towards the end as well, but I liked that mental change that was happening to him. Um, the other aspect of the show that I like was the the playoff of the MMO aspects. I, I like. My MMO, I, I played MMOs. I like the gamey aspects, and they were doing some really interesting thing with those those gamey aspects. And I think my other one was really the the characters themselves. I, I liked Shaltir, I liked Albedo, I liked Momonga, um, even the the bad guys with like Clementine that he runs into at some point. I liked those aspects, and I actually have four. <laughs> I like the brutality of this show as well. Uh, it doesn't it it shocks me. It's not often that I watch a show where it shocks me. I mean, like Higurashi, When They Cry, I think that was like the last time a show really kind of shocked me. Uh, this show is kind of brutal in, in a lot of ways. It it gives you that feel that he's in this gamey world, but then he'll do something that's like, wow, I cannot believe he just did that because that's really brutal and pretty screwed up. They're not afraid of being brutal. Like even with the some characters and when they... When they show their potential, I'll just say that. When they show their their true powers, it's like, wow, this show's not afraid of making a character look really ugly and gruesome looking. It, it's it's just shocking in that aspect. Um, but all those elements that made this show really enjoyable for, enjoyable for me. I will admit that there was a, a few points pretty early on, not, not too early, that I wasn't quite sure what the show was doing. 
Um, I wasn't quite sure what direction they were going to go with the show. It was just really, wow, Momonga's really, really powerful. And they they like showing that off. And I like that. I like, for once, just he's just overpowered. It's not, and there's a reason why he's overpowered. And they're playing off of it nicely. I, I say that even though I know that I bashed uh, uh, Irregular at Magic High for having a god character at the very beginning. Um, but the way that they portrayed this character, I liked how well, they, did, they went about it. this character was still going through things to to adapt to his situation. It wasn't like he was just overpowered and everything thrown at him was just, who cares about that? He I always mean, has a, a formula that yeah. makes it perfect. Yeah, he was actually going through things. I mean, even when you get to a certain point where he is actually dealing with a situation, he he's cautious about it. He knows that he has to deal with it in a certain way, and he goes and he deals, he takes care of that. And that, I think, is it, it speaks a lot to what this show is. It's not just an overpowered character. He has things that he has to do to deal with that situation. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. I was just playing no, off what you were saying. You're good. You're good. Um, at, on my side, I, I, I actually liked a lot of the artwork in this show um i it took me a little while to get along get on board there was one or two characters that i was yeah, really I you were pretty negative in the first impression yeah I, I i didn't i didn't care for momonga he did not it took a long time for me to get you get get on board with him he is the opposite of cute lolly <laughs> very opposite um there was a couple characters that i was interested in and i i was very very i liked them um, but it wasn't until actually the strangely enough the same character that Andrew actually mentioned Clementine. So yeah, no, Great voice acting, by the way. Great voice acting, and she sold this this show to me, and actually made it to where I was actually interested. I was actually. (laughs) (laughs) I like pointing out whenever you say this sold this, and I'm like, it's always female. It actually sold Momonga to me, okay? <laughs> so I was Momonga actually is not female. Not female. He was he's he might actually, be actually in the world. Very not female. <laughs> but actually it might be rate, Shoda. Yeah, he might be Shoda. Um but there is a Shoda on the show. At at some point at, when she came in, I was starting to get on board with this show, and from that point on, a lot of the characters were I was interested in what was going on with them, and I wanted to know what they were doing. And I think that that is a, to me, that was about the turning point for it. And that was actually when I was actually starting to get sold on each of the characters as a total. There was other two other things I want to point out. I, I liked how every now and then, it never plays too much on the gamey aspect, but whenever they do, it's always kind of a chuckle moment. Like, they'll just kind of have a moment where... uh there's this moment where he goes to this quote unquote vault that they have. And he then realizes that in this vault, the vault keeper is the only NPC that he made. And the way that the, the NPC acts is how he programmed it. And it's completely awkward to how 
this show is very serious a lot of the time. And then you have this moment where this thing is breaking the mood. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's like a, a temporary moment of, look, I'm trying to look very professional here kind of moment. And please stop kind of thing. I love those moments that they have in the show. Um, and it, it's it's surprising that even though you do have the element that this is an MMO, technically, of course, this could all like open at some point later on. You figure out that it's actually the real world and he's been actually transported or something. We don't know. Um, but they have this 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 element of even though you know Albedo is technically an NPC, technically, even though you know Shaltir is technically an NPC, I get more mostly attached to some of the moments in the show than I do in shows that have just regular human beings and they're not in the game. Because they have like this moment where Albedo is pleading to uh, to Momonga about something, and I'm like, "Wow, this is actually a pretty gut wrenching moment. What, what's happening right here? This is this is making me emotionally attached to this character." Uh, the ending segments of this show has this one final battle, and I was I was heartbroken about what was happening on the screen. And even though <laughs> we're talking about a game here, it's something that I it. Yeah, Sword Online had this whole element of the when you die in a game, you die for reals, and that had me uh, emotionally impacted by what was happening. But like I said, we're talking about we only see Momonga as being a human; the rest are NPCs, and yet they are still impactful. And that I don't know if that's just me, but I I find that to be pretty uh, well done. If that's what's happening when I'm watching the show, agree, disagree. Well, I was I was uh, attaching to him very early on in the sh- in the show, so I mean, it, it, no, that didn't 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 translate the same for me. So, <laughs> I was already on board with Albedo. So, I mean, and and Shaltir, I, I I wanted to see them more and more. So, well, I'm talking about more than just character art design and themselves. I'm talking about <laughs> them as a character. I know, I know we're talking shallow versus some actual connections. But oh, I'm shallow yeah. again. Okay, yes, I see. Yes, yes, because like I said, Clementine. It's a girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clementine was just twisted. I love the voice acting they did it for that. Laughing got a little annoying towards the later parts, but uh, she, was, she was pretty awesome. Very twisted little character. And I was kind of curious how they would actually make uh, antagonists in the show, because right off the bat, you're realizing... He's going up against all these people, and they're pulling out this amazing crystal that can stop anything. And he's like, okay, <laughs> what was that supposed to do kind of thing? And you're like, he's very overpowered. Um, but they still managed to get a few cases in the show where you're going, man, this is this is a still a very twisted antagonist in the face. And, and at some point, you're kind of realizing they're almost like they're building Momonga as being the antagonist in this world. He's, he's basically a lich lord in this world. Um but all those elements are pretty cool and how they kind of well, they were also they were also hinting at more to the show in towards the later episodes so yeah I will admit that it technically doesn't have a full on conclusion it does kind of wrap up what's happening at the moment um but the show doesn't really have a conclusion i think that's partly the like everything else it just keeps going with the mangas or whatever but i didn't feel upset by its ending at all so I want more, but um, was wasn't didn't feel like I didn't have my conclusions of what I wanted at the time. So it has it has that going for it. So yeah, uh, can we go to the next one. Sure. All right. We have uh, Snow White. Speaking of with shallow red hair. 
You're shallow? I'm I'm sure I'm gonna be shallow on this one too. Mm. Okay. You liked Ryu? Ryu? Which one was it? Ryu? Yeah, he was alright. Okay. You're shallow. But I was no I was I was, I was I was <laughs> I was on board with Shiryuki on the first episode, so yeah, definitely gorgeous character, Wrath of the Bat. Um, we have Snow White the red ha- with the red hair. Uh, this is a story that follows Shiryuki, who is a herbalist slash medical herb maker. She makes medicines, um, and she she lives in the location of uh, the the kingdom of Tanbaru or Tanbarun. And at some point, he she gets to the, somehow gets the attention of the prince of that kingdom, uh, Prince Rajan Aranji, and. The prince wants her to become one of his concubines, and so he sends one of his guards to go get her. Um, she decides that this isn't what I want. I don't want to become a concubine. I've, I, this is what I want to do. I want to help people the way that I'm doing right. This is what I want to do in my life. I don't want to become a concubine. So she puts all of her medicines together for her th- usual visitors, and she cuts her hair because she believed that the, that was the reason that the prince wanted her was because of her long red hair, which is very unique. And she ups and leaves. She she ditches out of the kingdom. She goes all the way to the border, ends up running into a, a boy there named Zen. Uh, turns out Zen is a prince and ends up eating an apple that was meant to be for Shirayuki to put her to sleep and to be taken back to uh, the prince. And she helps through all the stuff that happens. She ends up going with Zen back to his kingdom. And once she's there, she decides to continue what she did enjoys which is doing her mess and stuff and and enjoy the kingdom that she now finds beautiful which is this this kingdom of uh that zen is a prince of a second prince um Clar- Clarin- clariness i don't think they ever say that but it's the kingdom clariness and you kind of follow her as she uh goes about her studies as being a, an herbalist and a, and a, a, a medicine maker and you meet more of uh, about Zen and his his uh, his guards and the kingdom that he's a part of, his brother who is the first prince, and all that other stuff, and lots of my gosh, kiss already moments. <laughs> hey now, it's a, it's a very beautiful show. Um, I think what it excels at the most is just creating a very romantic uh, story. I, I I enjoyed watching Shiryuki and and Zen as they went. About their troubles and and the tr- the trials that they go through, um, I liked a lot of the situation that they're thrown into and how they're handled. Uh, I will admit that early on, I think I probably said it in the first impression, there was a v- very big fear of this being a Shiryuki's getting captured again. Let's go save her thing, but it v- very quickly evolves from there to a story more about uh, Shiryuki finding her home in this new kingdom and what that involves with Zen, who is a second prince and very important person. Obviously, she cannot be with this Zen person because he's a second prince and she's a commoner kind of thing. There's a uh, obvious social boundaries that she has to deal with in, in, in being with these, these people of, of royalty, basically. Um, I liked all those aspects. I think it's a very beautiful show. I enjoy the relationships they were building. It felt very genuine um, very romantic, and I'm not usually a big uh, person on this type of story, shoujo, whatever. Um, but the way that they portray it to me connected to me, and I, I like that. It wasn't always flashy, pretty boys or whatever. It was really a 
solid romance that kind of breaks those female viewer, male viewer kind of aspects. I, I it, It's funny to, to see that I didn't really run into anybody on either side of like gender or whatever that would particularly like shonens or shoujo. It was just this is a, kind of a middle ground that does it very well to bring in a very broad audience. So yeah, if you come into it, you're probably going to have that immediate response of, wow, there's a lot of male characters and there's one really beautiful female character. Is this going to be a shoujo? No, it breaks, it kind of breaks those, that aspects and it becomes a very fun romantic show to watch. This, this show, uh, I, it works on, on a lot of different levels for me. I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed a lot of the, the interesting, uh, inter- interactions between Shiryuki Zen. I, I liked a lot of the characters and how they came together to support each one of these characters in their own way. And one, one of the cool things that I did enjoy about this show is, um, although Sh- Shiryuki is, is technically the heroine, she is, she's not stuck in this, this aspect of, oh, I'm, I'm the ditzy girl that just sits around and, and oh, all the cute boys like me. Uh, it just, she was, she's, she had her own determination. She was going to, she had her own motives, what she wanted to do and, and her life revolved around what she wanted to do. Now, the cute boy ends up liking her along the way. She's going to go ahead and involve him. I, I liked that about this show and it, it really lent itself to the romance. Like my brother was saying, which is very, very, very heavy in this show. Um, each, each character, Shiryuki supported Zen in a lot of cases. Zen supported Shiryuki in a lot of cases. Um, it's it just a great show. And I mean, very very solid writing very interesting world that they were building a lot of cool little things that that they were playing with in the story um a lot of political intrigue that was in there i i I thought it was really well done and and like andrew was saying it's just a gorgeous show it just looks great shiryuki is gorgeous like every moment she's on the screen and she's flustered about something or, or something like that it's like oh so cute um but yeah i I don't think that she was a, a very, like, strong character at the beginning because it was really a, this is what she wanted to do. And that was cool. I like that she had that determination. I like that whole cutting the hair. It was like a, a slap in the face almost. Um, but she, it seemed like at the beginning she relied a lot on those around her. Um, but what was great about the show is that it slowly progresses her, that she slowly starts stepping up. She slowly starts realizing, hey, I can I can do something here. It still keeps it logical in the fact that she can't overstep a certain bound. She can't go up and slap uh, Zen's brother in the face and say, I'm going to be with Zen. It's it's a, okay, here is a boundary, and I can work around it. I might be able to, to fix something over here, but I'm not going to mess with that boundary because that is still a rule in this world. And we might be able to figure out some way to get around it eventually, but for now, that's a, that's a, that's a rule here, and I have, to, I have to respect it kind of thing. I don't think that I don't think that she was stuck in a aspect of I mean a lot of the situations in the in the beginning I mean I I agree with you that that it came off like she was going to be kidnapped once a week but when it when it came down to it I I didn't see her as a character who was just sitting down and taking it 
she was getting up on off of her butt and saying, look, I'm not going to be stuck here and, and you're not going to sell me to some, some chic in another world. I'm going to go do something. And she fought out in, no, she didn't always make it. Zen came in on, on his white horse and saved her, but she wasn't stuck. She didn't sit there and wait. Um, the, the, like Andrew was saying, the political, uh, boundaries. Yeah. She, she did, she did respect those boundaries. Um, and I don't think that her drive was, Hey, I'm going to be with Zen. It was my, 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 my motivation is I want to be an herbalist. And that was her drive. Well, she wanted to be with Zen. Not, not, she wanted to love, but but it was a, I like Zen as a a person that I want to be with kind of. I I agree. Yeah. She, she had, she liked Zen. She would, and she respected him, but she also seen that political boundary that she didn't feel like she could just overcome, but she was going to fight to make it to where she could be there with Zen, not with Zen. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody made sense to everybody else. She it wanted to, to be, she wanted to be in the vicinity of where Zen was because she had a lot of respect for with him. Zen, she but liked not him. for Zen. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't to be his lover per se, which which is what it's really implying. Because she knew that there was that political thing. It wasn't that she didn't think that she could be with him, but at the same time, it wasn't like she could just go, hey, I'm now a baroness, which he's a prince. It's not, there was that political separation there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked all the characters. I, they, they didn't get to expand on all of them quite yet. And of course, this is coming back in January. So um, another reason to watch it and the idea that it, it's it's doing so well and it's still going to continue Um is I, I like that there's a lot of the characters I enjoy. Um, even Obi, who wouldn't seem like he would be much of a character, but he ends up being like this guard. Um, I like the history they had with uh, uh, Mitsuhide and haven't gotten to Kiki yet, which I'm hoping they eventually get to because she's get really cool. I, yeah. I like the chemistry that they have between <laughs> Zen, uh, Mitsu, and, and, and Kiki. I mean, that chemistry is just awesome. And then throw Obi in there every now and then was, was really cool. And they even have a, some really good. Uh, solid emotional moments between them, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's just a it's a really good show, and I I can't find really any faults in the show. Um, like I said, there was those those moments at the very beginning of that whole capture thing happening, but it really ended up blossoming into a show that is really uh, has no fault in it. it. It might be slow at times, um, but I think that's more of uh, just an atmosphere kind of thing. It, it really is a show that should be watched. So. Definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, a show that might not be one to check out is Million Dollar. <laughs> I don't even have it up on my screen. It, it, we're we're going to start getting our shorts, so don't expect too deep of analysis here. Um, and Million Dollar is one of those shorter ones because it's only like three minutes per episode. Um, and Million Dollar basically follows uh, local idols and their struggle with just becoming something. Uh, they, they pretty much follow... Uh, I think I ended up realizing they were following two groups, and one was uh, an idol that was part of a. Uh, it was an idol group that was part of a an actual production company uh, that wasn't giving them enough uh, room to move around because they weren't big enough. And then you had another idol who was kind of a a local idol. She was just in the the 
she came out of nowhere off the streets to become an idol. She really had no group to go with. And it kind of follows uh, the people that support them. It gets a little bit into just the people that show up at each of the concerts and cheer their idol on. They follow that one idol because they really respect that one idol. Uh, they get a little bit into people who just go to all idol groups and they don't really have much of a care for a specific idol. Um, and then it gets a little bit into more of the social aspects with this one particular character who I figure would be the main character, but kind of just follows two specific characters plus the two groups. And she's a uh, she's a networking idol. She or an idol promoter. She she goes she just on her own free time goes online and promotes idols that she wants to succeed. So she'll go on there and she'll she has a, a network of people. She'll have there's a guy that uh, does writing for uh, magazines. She has another guy that was I think they kind of point out was is a lollycon and some other guy who's a, a critic. And she kind of works with them and social networking and tries to promote these uh, the idol that she wants to promote. And they kind of had a little thing going on with a competition between the guys on the, the ground supporting a particular idol and she's on this network supporting this other idol and seeing who would do better. Uh, I didn't really see it come to any kind of uh, finish line or anything. It was really a... You're, you're talking three minutes per episode for 12 episodes. It really wasn't much to work with. Uh Thinking back on it, it had something there. I would, I'd love to watch a, a full show that really gets into the, just the the nitty gritty of, for lack of a better term, back back alley idols trying to make it big, even though they're just a run of the mill off the street kind of idol. I just didn't think that this really executed very well, and I, it's partly probably due to the idea of watching three minutes of it in a span of a week and then three minutes of it span of a week and three minutes of it. Well, you got more out of it than I did. A lot of it was in like the last episode. <laughs> I was like, well, wait, there's actually some information here. Okay. I, I kind of gather what's going on now. I wish that was told earlier when I was completely confused for nine or so episodes of this show. I had no clue what the hell was going on. It was like, Oh, they're talking about how hard it is to become an idol and they really want to become them. There's this girl and she's tapping away and she's talking about this network that she has. It was there was no coherency to the story, but there was this one moment at the end that kind of patches a little bit together with that, which is pretty much what I just told you. Um, but yeah, it it was all over the place. Yeah, I I, I just seen girls singing, uh, bad CG hot opening pants and <laughs> oh my gosh, it didn't look like hot pants, it looked like bloomers. <laughs> I I really didn't get much out of this show. I was I was kind of frustrated. Um, the song was okay. The songs were a little okay, but it just there wasn't enough here to really suggest anything. Because I mean, the character artworks were barely passable. I I, I was actually very frustrated with the show. Yeah. It really sucked because when we were in the preview, we we're like all we had was a picture of this really cute lolly and a, a storyline of. Of supporting an, an idol and making them big, yeah, didn't get any of that. <laughs> that lolly was on a poster here and there. That was it. That was it. Yeah, and they were talking every now and then about some other idol that they, the guys supported before, and like I don't remember seeing her at all. I got the but... impression that that was the lolly that was on the poster. It didn't look like her though. It looked like somebody else. I don't know. Well, it went, maybe it was her lolly. I, I don't know. One of the we could probably make a the... better story speculating <laughs> than the story itself. Uh, moving forward, we have Waka Kosake, and this is a short, again, quick three minutes per episode. 
Uh, this was actually licensed way late in the season. I didn't even think anybody was going to get it. And then suddenly, nine episodes of the Bond Crunchyroll. Okay, watch that in two minutes, or in, in, in 20 minutes. Uh, and this show uh, follows Wakako, and she is a 26-year-old office worker. And she just enjoys, after work or whatever, just going out alone to different restaurants and eating food. And that's the story. And she says pashu a lot. Pashu. <laughs> pashu. Uh, I didn't, it's not like I find any issue with the show. It's more of I don't find a point in the show. Um, it is an enjoyable show that I watched every week. It was a flip on for three minutes, watch what she's eating. She made some, every now and then she'll make an interesting story about, you know, getting over something or overly analyze what she's eating or make a comment about some guy and the way he eats something. And then it was over. It was really nothing there that was like, oh, cool, I like this. It was just a, okay, that was three minutes, cool, let's move forward. It wasn't a painful three minutes, like Million Doll, but uh, at the same time, I it's hard to recommend because it's like, hey, go watch this show where this girl eats stuff. It'll only take you 30 minutes. Go watch it. I don't know. <laughs> I I can't really argue much more than that. I mean, I liked her artwork. It was different. Cat and, face? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, it, it was different, and it was interesting. I was, I was it, very thrown off at first, and it, yeah, I didn't mind it after a while. It, it, but there was not much more. Like Andrew was saying, she just went out and ate and talked about her food, and pashoo, and pshoo. Pshoo, 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 or something like that. Yeah, every now and then she got a little crazy. She likes eat, drinking sake and everything with everything. Beer and sake with anything. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's all there is to this show. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, it my, I my mind frame, though, is, is can you suggest somebody watching it now because it's over? Whereas, like, like I said, for me, it was I watched it every week, and it was just a quick three minutes. Can I suggest somebody watching all 12 episodes through... And one run would it be that interesting? I don't think it would be very interesting watching it all. Yeah, I, I, there's there's nothing different. Uh, I mean, Unless there's like nothing. Food. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing here that you go, hey, go watch this if you like seeing people eat. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there is a there is an element that I, I almost want to say if you ever want to watch the show, just watch one episode a day, and just watch it after you get off work because I do kind of feel there's an element of. When I get home from work, turning this show on kind of makes it gives me a little feeling of, well, yeah, I know what you're feeling, girl, because I'm just relaxed and eat my food, too. <laughs> but that's all I get from it. Yeah. And I that's mean, a it, very mild it's, scratch. It's, I, 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 and that's what that's that's what I'm 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 I am agreeing with you in that that aspect. It's like I, I can't really go, hey, go watch this show because there is a girl eating food. And she says, pursue <laughs> a lot. And she <laughs> says, pursue. <laughs> So take that for what it is. I enjoyed myself watching it. That's all there is to it. I mean, I'm not going to say go watch it and because it's so good that I'm enjoy I enjoyed every every minute of it and then you're going to go in and watch it and expect something special. It's just a girl eating food. <laughs> Literally, we're not <laughs> fooling you. Uh, another show. Um, this ended up being probably the comedy of the week really, is what it is. A very creepy, awkward comedy of the week, which is Makarono Danchi. 
And this is a show that is about pillow boys, or 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 your dakimakuras, I guess. Is every week they starred one Makano Danshi character that is supposed to talk the viewer into slumber. And that was how it was. It wasn't quite what I was expecting to be. Because like when I was looking at the preview, I was like, this is literally going to probably be a case where you're watching it and the guy's always laying down sideways. So you can lay down sideways with him and listen to them. No, it was really kind of a, just a first-person perspective of this girl in different locations with different guys and them eventually saying, oh, you can go ahead and take a nap after completely terrifying me. So the show ended up being, every week, it was like a roulette wheel. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be terrified. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to be cringing the entire time. Or I wasn't sure if I was going to be laughing the entire time. Uh, like, we have the astronomy guy. He creeped the hell out of me. He was a very creepy guy, and I laughed a lot. And then you have, like, the uh, the, the the food stall worker. He was, he was hilarious. I actually liked him. He was probably the only one that didn't creep me out and terrify me. He was actually like... You would sleep with him? No, I wouldn't. I would sleep in front of him, but that's about it. <laughs> and that's what you're doing, is you're sleeping at the stall. And he was cool. He was like, you know, we're this big old gash, and, and it's actually appendicitis. It wasn't really anything bad. And you're like, wow, I thought you got, like, knife or something. He gave me free food. I, I'm on board with free, free food. food. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, now, the terrifying aspect, the, the scariest of them all... Was definitely the twins, the flower, the flower guys. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with them because I, was, I, I was gonna that, say violin guy, but yeah, they, was, they were. He they angered were, me. He angered me. He angered me. I, they they were like wanting me to slip my hands into places I didn't want my hands <laughs> to go. No, I'm gonna say this because I don't. This is stupid to even say, but I'm gonna spoil these because this is funny talking about these. Um, the twins. Was was so terrifying about that, and what what upsets me most about them is it literally almost implies that the first person character is has been captured, put in this room with these two guys, and they're literally going to force themselves upon this person. And I was literally terrified watching this. Like, who would sleep to this? <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm gonna put my leaf in my brother's shirt. Whoa, gotta go get it. Can you find it? I'm like, no, I don't want to touch it. Get away from me. It was terrifying. It was all dark lit. And they were smiling the entire time. Like, they knew what was coming and I didn't know. <laughs> it was it was scary. But Violent Guy just made me mad because it, he he was a jerk. He he didn't. He, pl- he said he was going to play a he song for play. me. And he never played the song. And then he just called up his violin. And I'm like, either they didn't have the money to afford for this thing to have a stock violin playing music to play <laughs> or he's not playing anything at all and he's all in his head I'm going to go with the second and I think I'm terrified once again at what he what he's doing I mean, it made me mad I'm like I'm not going to go to sleep because you're you're jerk you won't play me a song and then you didn't even protect me from the spider it's I guess the, the, the little kid was probably not that bad. I mean, it was just more of a, hey, there's a brat talking to me, and then he goes to sleep. But, and he made some little comment about, I'm going to protect you, big sister thing. And I was like, I'm not a girl, but okay, you can protect me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of creepy, and I think that's just a bad translation thing, but the, the opening thing was like, hot boy or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I think he's just talking about temperature, because we're like in a 
like door opened house and it's probably hot. I don't know. I'm just going to go with that so I'm not creeped out by the makers. <laughs> Hipster guy was a jerk. The Chuny guy was okay. Chuny guy was all right. I mean, he, he was just a Chuny. Just talking about grandeur and stuff. But yeah. The, Library the boy was all right. He was, he, he, I had some questions about his morals, but he was yeah, all right. Yeah, he was, he was talking about how he couldn't have me there, or he couldn't let anybody be there after hours. And then he flat out tells <laughs> me to stay after hours so that he can take me home. He gives home. you a kitty cat like, book. No, he gives you a kitty cat no, book. He, he, I, I want something more exciting in my life, and he gives me a kitty cat book. Nothing more exciting than cat videos and cat books and cat pictures. No, I want to go climb Mount Everest. No. That's exciting. That's making my life more exciting. He reads people. You just don't know what you want. (laughs) At least he didn't didn't hand you BL magazine or something. That that could be a little bit more exciting. More exciting cats. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Could be. I don't know. Well, after after Mary, I mean, obviously. Mary was the... Yeah, he was creepy, too. Because... of course, when we first watch it, Mary's the first one. You, you're you're coming into a room, and he's just in your room, and your your immediate thought is, "What are you doing in my room?" And then he's talking, talking about, about hissing at my cat, and, and I was like, "What's your problem?" He wants to <laughs> hug me, and he wants me to sleep, and he's he's got that whole blushing, overly girly look to him. Oh, he was so girly. And then the second one was worse. The well, one the second did. one I thought was actually cute. The chibi version of him? Yeah. That yeah the Shota creepier. version was a little bit more, at least more the, girly. At least with the second one, they actually had the whole door the Explorer reacting thing actually be what I was saying. But then he hissed at the cat again. What, what, why, what is his thing with hissing at the cat? He's like, do you like candy or me more? And I'm like, candy. And it's like, oh, you don't like me more? And I'm like, wow, she actually responded the way that I would respond. What do you like, your job or me more? My job. <laughs> Can you hug me? No. Wait, I didn't say that I wanted to hug him. And then it breaks it. It, it always breaks it. See, at least Dora the Explorer understands how that works. It's always positive. And at least you know that you have to be positive all the time. This one's just No, he's, she's always wanting me to swipe at Swiper, and I don't want to swipe <laughs> at Swiper. Swiper's oh, a cool man. fox. I mean... Oh, man. You can stop everything by yelling that. <laughs> uh, and then it was the... The, the hipster college boy, which is like, what the hell? He's like, let's go to, uh, I'm going to a, a, a groupie. Come on with me. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And she's actually, she actually said it. And I was like, cool. She actually said that. Well, I'm just going to hang out with you anyways. I didn't want to go there anyways. But I went, no, he's, he said, I'm, but I'm going to be there. And I'm like, your point? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, this show has no purpose but to be extremely awkward, extremely creepy, and, uh, this I guess unintentionally show. funny is what it is. I guess what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I get, wonder how many. I wonder drunk, how many people then watch it. I was <laughs> and don't drink if you're underage. It, I I think that this is one of those shows that I think got a lot more hits than it actually intended on, and they'll probably think that this show is really good, <laughs> but in all actuality, it's because we're all wanting to see this car wreck that just happened in front of us. Yeah, it's that guy that thinks he's really popular, and you go around the side and you tell him, dude, look, they're making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really popular. They just like making fun of you. Stop looking like a fool, kind of thing. It's exactly what it is. But yeah. We, I don't remember that guy. Who's that guy? Probably the uh, senpai. Yeah, it's senpai. Yeah. No, he's up. He's up. No, yeah, that was senpai. senpai. Yeah, 
He's just not in the car. Senpai was in a car. What the hell? <laughs> I don't remember that scene. I don't want to see that scene. Because he was talking about going back to their place. And I think yeah, he was, was going to drive table. me home. I think he was going to kill us. I think you that think was so? the one. I think that was the one where you th- you think that you're probably going to wake up, or not wake up, and you're going to no, be on I, a creek. I, no, I just figured I was going to get date raped by him. Could I, be. You know, I came from a bar. Most of these I had that feeling with. <laughs> so all these guys are going to follow me somewhere. Astronomy guys is going to look in the look in the, the astronomy telescope guy and then it's going to happen. I had no threat from astronomy guy. He looked like he was probably. <laughs> I mean, really he was hiding in his he was hiding in his little sleeping bag. I figured like he was probably a bag. Yeah, I figured he was a twig under there. <laughs> he just opens up and suddenly you're like, just a twig comes out, like a little <laughs> stick figure guy. He just has a big head and a stick body. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, every single one of these, I, I expected that they weren't going to end well, especially the twins. But even the ones that seemed innocent, it didn't seem like it was going to end well. Except for maybe the kid. The kid was like, nothing's going to happen here. If something did happen, that would be a very dark, dark hentai. Uh, anyways, that's it. It got awkward. It got silly. But that's all we got. That's that's part two of the summer 2015 season reviews. We have two more. We have one more that's going to be single cores, and then we have one that's going to be our grand epic second seasons and finishing cores and blah, 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 blah. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, Definitely hit us up on otakuspirit.com. Go for the thread that we have there for this article. Let us know what you thought of these shows. Let us know if we got over creepy about the Macaradanchis or that you like Million Dolls and we're stupid. We didn't realize that it had a deep and engaging plot that blows your mind. No, that's probably what was in Mokarinodanchi. Yes, there was definitely some hidden messaging there that I completely missed. Our outro is going to be the OP for Gangsta, which is called Renegade by Stereo Dive Foundation. It's an awesome song. Really liked it. Ended up going out and getting the OST soundtrack thing. Um, So you might get a little extended in there. Um, Hope you enjoy that. Thank you all for listening. Y'all take care. And I'll watch you go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, Sound like a show, my pain. The